0: This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. Let's talk about trade wars. On the telephone with me is John Stockford, head of multi-asset income at Investec Asset Management in London. It seems to me, John Stockford, that things have started to ratchet up a bit recently. There's a little bit of brinkmanship going on here.
1: Uh, Yes, I think so. I mean, I I think, you know, there's definitely cultural misunderstanding going on. So it appears that having uh, thought they'd agreed quite a lot. So the US has been pushing China on various sort of trade opening and and rules and so on for a while, that China sent back the draft with lots of things scrubbed out. And um, that rather surprised the Americans. I'm not sure they necessarily understand how each side operates, but it's definitely back to brinkmanship again.
0: Do you think that the Chinese really want a deal? Because I heard a comment from a senior Australian politician that said that they don't really want it. They don't need it. It's Mr. Trump that wants it. And they're just sort of uh, towing the line, the Chinese that is. I, I can't imagine a Chinese delegation, knowing a little bit about the country, that they would tow the line. But that seems to me that they could walk away and be perfectly fine.
1: Well, I'm not sure anybody would be perfectly fine. I mean, I'm not sure higher trade tariffs and, you know, the impact that that would have on manufacturing and trade flows in general would be good news. Uh, I guess, you know, the question is who holds the stronger hands. I think also, you know, there's an element of bigger geopolitical issues here. There's an issue of, you know, which is the dominant superpower. There are issues of face. There's, you know, how it plays to the domestic audience. All of those things. China is in a better position than it was. But, you know, three months ago, to some extent, both the U.S. and China were panicking a little bit about what was happening in financial markets, what was happening in in the global economy. Both of them worked quite hard to support markets. So we had you know about faced by the Federal Reserve, we had fiscal and monetary stimulus in China, we had talking up a trade deal. Markets have rallied. Chinese growth has stabilised, improved a bit. I'm not sure it's that dynamic. So I, th- I think it's it's a question of weighing up you know, who is most vulnerable here? And I think a lot of people think that if, if the stock market takes a, a bigger hit, Trump might be the first to blink, but we, we shall see.
0: Do you think it's the real thing this time? Because this has been rumbling for quite a while now. It's almost like an adolescent relationship. Your first girlfriend or your first boyfriend is up and down every single day. You don't know where you are. You don't know how to behave. But this time, do people suddenly know how to behave and we're getting to the end game?
1: Well, I think it's very difficult. I I think, you know, uh, there has been a particular relationship between the US and China for a long time. China basically um, selling stuff to the US and using the proceeds to buy US assets and keep keep US borrowing costs low. And that synergy worked for a while. The problem is China got too big. And the hollowing out of the industrial base in the US was too pronounced, or at least was an opportunity for somebody like Trump to raise the populist vote. So these things have been building for a long time and they're not easy to resolve. Both sides ultimately are also trying to think about their sort of longer term position. I think at the moment you would probably view this as brinkmanship. Things get testy before final agreements are made. But maybe it is more than that. Maybe, you know, this, I mean, I think we're definitely in a world where globalisation is to some extent in retreat. Where you know localization rather than globalization is 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 more of a thing, both sides have got something to lose. I think they'll try and find an accommodation. I, to some extent, there are much bigger issues beyond just trade in terms of uh, of geopolitics and, and and sort of who's who has tech leadership and and, and so on, which are you know, they're going to rumble on indefinitely. This is a, a battle within a longer term war for supremacy rather than I think, you know, the only thing that's, that's going on.
0: Do you think that the market participants will use this as an excuse to take something off the table? It's the sell in May go away story, of course. Uh, but we've also got in the background, apart from the brinkmanship, uh, the trade wars brinkmanships, um, we've also got North Korea. And that's just loosed off another unidentified projectile, they call it, from the northwest of the country. There's the Iran situation. Maybe this is the perfect storm and the market will, or rather the market participants, will use this as an excuse to say, you know, I'm fed up with this. I'm going to get out and I'm going to go away for the summer, the northern hemisphere summer, of course.
1: Well, I think there's potentially a bit of that. I mean, markets don't go up in a straight line. We've had pretty one-way traffic now for four months inevitably, some people will have made decent money and are, are sort of looking to take profits. I think within that, though, there are quite a lot of people who basically have missed out in this rally. So if you look at surveys of consumer, of investor sentiment, if you look at positioning, all of those kind of things, they suggest that people got super defensive in the, the sort of bearish environment in, in the fourth quarter of last year. And although they have got more positive, they haven't really put a lot of, of money to work. So I think there's probably a decent pool of in- investors who are looking to buy the dip, which probably means it won't be you know, as dramatic a sell-off as it might have been if everyone had got in and, and got long. But uh, you know, certainly people are probably looking for some excuses for at least near-term profit-taking and, and for markets to correct. How far we go, we will have to wait and see. I mean, bear in mind that essentially all we've really done in the last six months is go down and then get back broadly to where we were. So it's not as though you know, valuations are materially more stretched. And certainly policy has been more helpful, except for maybe this trade spat now, in terms of um, helping to, to remove some of the downside fears of, of investors. So you know the Fed moving from tightening towards potentially contemplating easing, the Chinese pumping in fiscal stimulus tax cuts and opening the credit spigots a bit. And most central banks actually easing off. So, we had rate cuts this week in New Zealand, in Malaysia and so on. So, you know, I I think the environment is a bit more friendly than it was. Growth is okay. It's not spectacular. Markets have sort of retraced the big sell-off. It's a sort of natural point at which people are trying to get some direction and and short-term This kind of thing, I think, means the path of least resistance is to the downside, but how far down we we shall see.
0: Yes, I'm looking at a chart now of the S&P 500 futures. And incidentally, as we pre-record this interview on a Thursday lunchtime, the S&P 500 futures are down around about 24 points, and that is around about 100 points off the highs that we saw just last week. The chart looks awful. It depends whether you're an optimist or a pessimist. It's either a giant double top or there is an inverse head and shoulders here. John, we don't need to debate that that sort of thing. But how are you? <laughs> we don't need to, as I say, we don't need to debate that. But as head of multi-asset income at Investec Asset Management in London, how are you positioning yourself? Has anything changed recently?
1: Well, a, li- a little bit. So, I, I mean, I would say medium term, we are in the the sort of last leg we think of this cycle and this bull market. Um, it's potentially been extended a little bit by the sort of vault fast or the turn Abrupt turnaround in in policy, but at the same time, it is late in the day, and you know valuations are not that compelling. So we've chosen to play the ups more through options than through physical exposure, and that works really well if things get messy because your exposure on the way up gets bigger, but if the market falls, your exposure drops back quite quickly, and you're just spending a small amount of premium to pay for that one direction approach so we've participated in the rally to an extent on the way up if we now if this turns into something nastier we will quite quickly have our position decline to very low levels again and not be particularly hurt if actually this turns out as you say to maybe be a big double top and the rally of of 2019 so far is is just a head fake
0: so you're actually sitting there with your finger on the button should it be needed to be pressed if that's the right phrase Well, I mean,
1: fortunately, the the options do it for us, so we we don't have to be that clever. But yes, I mean, I think we are monitoring what's going on. I think we would be a lot more worried if sentiment had got extended. I mean, we were beginning to get noises where people were talking about the possibility of melt-up, they were talking about fear of missing out, all of those terms that were rather reminiscent of Hmm. January 2018 when we then had a terrible, you know, February and March. But despite that, if you actually look at what people were doing, most investors might be talking a bullish story, but they hadn't particularly put money to work, and and so that makes us a little bit more comfortable that there is some ammunition to basically buy a dip. And unless this trade spat and the other things you talked about, Iran, Venezuela, etc., turn into mm. um, North Korea, turn into something more major, uh, I think it's more likely that there is a at least in the short term. A buying opportunity into weakness rather than this being the final selling opportunity in a sort of um, decade-long or more than decade-long bull market.
0: John Stockford, thanks so much for your time. John Stockford is the Head of Multi-Asset Income at Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.